From Kentucky Lake to Lake Cumberland, we've seemingly got all the lakes covered on this week's riveting round of Blabbit in the Bluegrass. We're going to start, though, with the easternmost of these two lakes, specifically the community of Somerset. We're going to find out all that area has to offer, aside from the soothing waters and Michelle Allen, the executive director of the Somerset Convention and Visitors Bureau is standing by to enlighten us on that. And then we'll swing west to Kentucky Lake, where sits the legendary Kentucky Dam Village State Resort Park. Their proud park manager, Mr. Scott Ratzliff, joins us to explain why it is a perfect escape from the norm, even this time of year, in the bitter cold. So... Kick back, get you something cold or hot to drink for all I care, and get ready for Blabbing in the Bluegrass, Episode 5 of Season 2. Kentucky features so much more than basketball and horses. We're home to scenic spectacles and one-of-a-kind golf courses. If boating, fishing, dining, or music is your pleasure, we'll guide you to the sights and sounds that you will truly treasure. Cause we're blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing in the bluegrass. Where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste. From Arlington to Burlington, Russellville to Russell Springs, we've got you covered on Blabbing in the Bluegrass, exploration and celebration of all things Kentucky. Howdy, howdy, Sam Moore back at it once again at the North Quail Motel here in beautiful Henderson, KY, with more fun-filled blabbing and lessons learned. In fact, today, we're going to visit two of the state's premier lakes. Hey, that kind of rhymed. <laughs> we're going to start in the east on Lake Cumberland, where we find Somerset, and we also find the proud executive director of the Somerset Convention and Visitors Bureau, Michelle Allen. She's going to be our guest and tell us about everything that Somerset has to offer, and it's plenty. More than enough, trust me, from wineries to breweries to outdoor adventure, the list just goes on and on. In fact, Somerset has so much going on that I have decided to split my conversation with Michelle up into two podcasts. So you're going to hear the first part of our discussion today, and you're going to hear part two of my chat with Michelle on next week's podcast. She was just so full of insightful information, and I thought it needed to be heard. And you will. Just give me two weeks. We'll get your uh, whistle wet in this episode, and then we'll finish the Somerset story in episode six. Next Wednesday is when that will be out. And after we visit with Somerset for a bit, we will swing on over to Marshall County, where we find Kentucky Lake, where sits the legendary Kentucky Dam Village State Resort Park. And its proud manager, Scott Ratzliff, will fill us in on the reasons, the many noteworthy reasons, why we should make Kentucky Dam Village State Park a part of our vacation plans, from the restaurant to the lodges, the golf course, the one-of-a-kind golf course, I might add. Definitely worth your time if you haven't been there in a while, or even if you have. You're going to learn something about the park that you didn't know. 
I guarantee you. So stay tuned for my discussion with Scott, following the first part of my discussion with Michelle from Somerset, and we'll get to that momentarily. But before we do, I have yet another Bluegrass Brain Buster. Those of you who've listened every week know that we start the show with one of these every week. You get a little time to stew on it, and we will reveal the answer at the end of the podcast. So, with the Super Bowl being this Sunday, I have a football-themed question for you. Here is your football bluegrass brain buster. There are a grand total of six native Kentuckians, count them six, in the National Football League Hall of Fame. Who are they? Who are the six native Kentuckians who currently find themselves in the National Football League Hall of Fame? Phone a friend, do what you gotta do, or just annoy yourself, drive yourself crazy. Well, don't drive yourself too crazy thinking of the answer, because we've got two important people to talk to while you're thinking, and that'll make it less painful for you. But you stand by, and we will have your answer to the Bluegrass Brain Buster in the show's final segment. Good luck. Sam Moore now presents his Blabbing in the Bluegrass Community Connection. Well, today we have another community connection, and today's is in the county seat of Pulaski County, none other than Somerset. And this area, Lake Cumberland to be specific, uh, annually attracts 4 million people, as this lovely lady has informed me, and she's going to explain to us why. We've got the Executive Director of the Somerset Convention and Visitors Bureau with us today. So let's put our hands together for none other than Michelle Allen. (laughs) Michelle, we are so stoked that you're here, and this is your first podcast you've told me. So... We're, yes, we're I'm all, very excited. <laughs> this is a bit of a milestone for you. So uh, how long have you been the executive director with uh, Somerset CVB? So I've only been the director for about two years, but I've got over 25 years of tourism experience. I first started off with a um, group called Tour Southern Eastern Kentucky, and that was the umbrella of um, Congressman Hal Rogers, where he covered 47 different counties. uh And then, yes, so then after I had left that, I became the um, executive director here and been here about two years and love every bit of it. Well, we're anxious to hear about Somerset, Pulaski County and that area right down there along Lake Cumberland. Now, uh, in reflecting on your time spent in Somerset, you've been there since sixth grade, so talk about some of the memories and pleasures which have made life in the community so special for you. Well, first off is just being part of this community. You know, as I moved in and was the new kid on the block and everybody here is related to everybody, I was always welcomed with open arms. The Somerset's just always been a great community to be a part of. A lot of the memories that I have, honestly, were on Lake Cumberland, and those are the, still the memories that I share with my boys today. We go often every summer with our family and our friends, and it just makes some of the best memories. Other memories, you know, we, what about our um, fairs that we had, you know, festivals that we have? We didn't have so many of those growing up, but we do now. And I'm hoping that when somebody asks my kids what their memories about Somerset are, they're going to be about the things they could do here at home. Now, how old are your kids? Just curious. So I've got my oldest is Spencer. He's 15 and Jensen Lake, (laughs) of course. He is 10. (laughs) Yeah, you know, you got to have Lake 
And at least yes. one of your kids' names if yes. you live in Somerset. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> there ought to be a law against not. Now, uh, <laughs> when we think of Somerset, we often think of Lake Cumberland and with good reason. However, as we'll learn throughout this discussion, there's much more that meets the lake. So, Michelle, describe what makes Somerset slash Pulaski County one of the Commonwealth's best kept secrets. Well, first of all, we're considered the capital of Lake Cumberland, if you didn't know that. Capital. So that's a yes, because, you know, we are the regional hub. We're the biggest town where we've got the most places to eat, places to stay, places to buy your boats or whatever it is. But you know what really makes us special is our vibe here is changing. Our vibe is going more toward the arts and appreciating the arts. We in our downtown are starting to grow. We've got a great mayor and a judge that work together that have said, you know, in order to keep people here and our students here, we've got to do things to keep them engaged. So I think our vibe is just really starting to take off. And whether it's, you know, coming in and joining the, the Master Musicians Festival or the Moonlight Festival, there's just seems to be something that everybody's trying to reach out and realizing and appreciating being in their hometown and there's stuff to do here there really is we don't have to take off and go anywhere else yeah it's not just the water there are plenty no. of other options including no. the uh the summer nights cruise which we'll touch on here shortly yes. but and uh, you know one of our one of our it's not a kept secret everybody knows about it but you know we've got haney's appledale farm that is right on the 80 corridor. And I know we'll talk about um, Mill Springs here in a little bit as well, but right. Haynes Appledale Farm has been in existence for over a hundred years under the same family. And they make the best fried pies. Just, I, I am uh, privy to that. <laughs> I've had several of those. <laughs> so there's the thing that we, what makes us special and, and I guess the best kept secret is we've got a little something for everybody here. Not to mention the Somerset area is home to a very unique and fascinating Civil War history with uh, two brutal battles being fought in Pulaski County. So we can easily gain access and um, insights into these battles at two primary locations within the county. And if you would, I'd like for you to give us a brief description of each. So why don't let's start with the Mill Springs Battlefield Visitor Center and Museum. Boy, that's a mouthful. Oh, well, I'll give you an even bigger mouthful now. So it's now. actually Mill Springs Battlefield Visitor Center and Museum, and now it's a national monument. National the, monument. Yes, the National Park System has actually taken over the Welcome Center and Museum, which is a fabulous thing for us here in Pulaski County, because now we know it will be always in existence for us. We don't have to worry about fundraising. It'll put us on the map, and a lot more people will see us. But Mill Street Springs Visitor Center and Zolly Coffer Park are actually, I can't say they're together, but they're together. If you're visiting the Mill Springs um, Museum, the National Monument, just literally just down the road is Zolly Coffer Park. That was so the next it's all, um, <laughs> Yes, it's all kind of on the same property, but Highway 80 separates it. So if you're at the museum, you'll go through the museum, see all the great things that are there. And then you can just drive over to Zolly Coffer Park, which is really nice to go see any time of the year. 
and they've got the Zollicoffer tree. I'm not going to tell a whole story about that, but one thing that's really neat that they do every year, and it's in October, is the ghost walk. The ghost so, walk. Yes. So then here you are at a cemetery, of course, in a very <laughs> old cemetery where war was was fought on that property. Then people will um, walk you through and they have a whole ghost walk that goes through there. And it's very, very interesting. And a lot of people love to attend it. So that's something nice too. But the thing is, you know, where our national monument is, and it took many years to be able to do this as well. It's located on West 80. And I always want to say, I call it the West 80 corridor because Haney's Appledale Farm that I just mentioned is right before Mill Springs. How about that? So you can make a whole day of just stopping right in that section of Pulaski County. So the visitor center is great. You know, it, it's been there for quite a while. It's nice. It's up to date. It's easy to get through. There's plenty of parking and Zolly Coffer Park is really nice. It's good for, and there's also a driving tour. So you can actually get the map of the driving tour and go from spot to spot and read the history of where different things happened and different battles happened in Pulaski and Wayne and other counties surrounding us too. So there's lots to do when you come to see the National Monument. See, so right off Highway 80 alone is a big day for you. Yes. You can go to the Mill Springs yes. Museum, you can go to Zollicoffer Park, and, and you we, can the Appledale yeah. Farm. Yes, and we even have um, a bear wallow farm in the fall where you can pick your own pumpkins and all of those things. There's, there's lots lots to do just in that one section. <laughs> bear wallow farm. We'll keep, so gosh, and for, for uh, October, mark it down, folks. Bear wallow farm and then the uh, the ghost tour at yes. the uh, <laughs> at Mill Springs. At Mill yes. Springs, yes, indeed. So the, talk about your two for one there on Halloween. You just can't beat it. Now, um, the Battle of Mill Springs, you can uh, learn all about the Visitor Center Museum. Now, there was another battle uh, that took place in Pulaski, and that is the Battle at Dutton's Hill. And there is actually a private monument yes, there marking is, there, that. There, there, it's a private monument, but there is a little gravel parking lot that's there. And it's located off of Highway 39 in Pulaski County. And it's, it's, um, it's just a little standalone monument that you can read about and go to it if you'd like. And if you're just wanting to make a whole day of history, that could be one of your stops as well. Awesome. So, so, so you can look at the monument from a distance, even though it's on private property. And <laughs> well, they, they've allowed you to, um, I, yes, you can go to it now, apparently, even though it's on private property, they do had, did put out a little, when I say little, a little gravel parking lot that you can park at. So yeah. it, it'll never be busy when you go. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you'll, you'll be able to take a nice look at that yes. Yes. monument marking the historic event. So now, Michelle, many of our listeners may not realize it, but Pulaski County is blessed with several one-of-a-kind wineries featuring plenty of fabulous favorites. So why don't you tell us about the Somerset area wineries and fill us in on their splendid specialties? Okay, well, we have three, and I will say for all three, they are all located in different sections of the county and are all beautiful once you arrive. All work your time and effort to get there, yes. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Even if you're not buying wine, it's just nice to go for a day to be outside and to, to see how they grow the grapes and what they have. A lot of the, some of these places even have uh, venues where you can have weddings and parties and things to that nature, or even meetings. So it, it's really nice. I'll start off with the first one, though, is Cave Hill. Um, they are awesome. That's one of the places that has the wedding venue or even a meeting space, but they have a wine arita machine. Wine arita. Mm -hmm. A wine arita mm -hmm. machine that I, it's fabulous. They will sometimes bring that to our farmer's market, which is new here in Somerset as well in downtown Somerset. And it, it's a hit. It's a hit. So you, if you go to Cave Hill, make sure you get some of their wine arita. So it's really good. Uh, Cedar Creek Vineyards is... I just love all these places because they are so pretty, sure. but they, one of their specialties, and I remember this because they've been around for quite some time is they have a red wine called the red bud. And it's, you know, basically named after all the beautiful red buds that we have here in Kentucky come springtime. I don't know if anybody's ever really noticed them before, but they are beautiful purple, red, pink kind of mixture, depending on what part of the state you're in that line the streets and then once they're gone they're gone but they come back every spring so they named their one of their red wines the red bud wine and i think that is very nice to attest it to um kentucky yeah that is quite fitting and it is and then you've got sinking valley and the thing about the sinking valley is they use their uh, barrels but the barrels are built in East Bernstadt, Kentucky. So not only are they using products that are in Kentucky, but it's still mixing the two together when you've got the wine and the barrels. It's all a science. If you've ever really been to a winery, they can really get down into the science of it if you'd like to, but it's really a nice day drive to be able to come see any of those. And you can get to all three of them in Pulaski. Yeah, I don't know about in a day, but at, at least two out of the three in a day. Yeah, in a, a reasonable drive. There are plenty of yes. places to rest your bones, as we'll get to. And, right, but you know, make sure you have sober driver if you're going to be doing any of that testing. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> yes, uh, sip responsibly and choose That's a exactly DD. exactly right. <laughs> yep. Uh, gosh, the, the, the wine arena machine at Cave Hill is <laughs> really calling my name. Yeah, it's fabulous. <laughs> I can imagine. But don't neglect to check out Sinking Valley and was it Cedar Creek? Yep. Cedar okay. Creek, Sinking Valley, and um, uh, Cape Hill. Yes. And, and like you said, they're all worth going to just for the for the views. Oh, and the just to get out and about. If you're like, what are we going to do today? And just want to go for a drive. Absolutely. Yes, indeed. So <laughs> go check all three of them out. Now, uh, on a somewhat similar note, Somerset <laughs> also features two outstanding local breweries producing carefully concocted craft beer at its finest. So why don't you talk a little bit about these breweries, Michelle, and explain what makes them so unique and highly regarded? Well, highly regarded is Jarfly here in Somerset, and, and there's so many things about Jarfly, but some of the things I'll hit on is one thing, it is owned by two young entrepreneurs, gentlemen that are from Somerset, that decided, hey, there's, there's, there's a need for this, let's do this, but what else is extra special about it 
is that they put it in a building that's over a hundred years old and is a staple in downtown Somerset is called Goldenberg's and it was Goldenberg's furniture store for so many years. And of course, once they retired, they set the building and they took a portion of this building and turned it into their brewery and to their bar. And it's very eclectic. When you walk in, you can tell that it's been in an old part. You can see the wood, you can see all of it. So the vibe there is very artsy. It's very appreciative of music, of arts, anybody's welcome there they love to have music there on a variety of nights they have game nights there at jarfly and you can find a lot of their beer in different stores i usually take a growler with me when i go to these boat boat shows oh, uh -huh. just to show them what it looks like and i have to fight to keep that all the time because oh, so sure. many people know they're about jarfly <laughs> yeah so it, they're they're just a great addition to downtown Somerset for sure and knowing that it's two young entrepreneurs from Somerset taking advantage of a building that's already there that already has history and then creating craft beer which is you know was pretty new to Somerset and turning into something that's still around and still appreciated by all of us here and people come from all over the place to go to Jarfly a lot of that is to do with both the owners they know that if you get different kind of music and different kind of people in there and you switch up your beer selection that folks want to know and want to try you out right so at any given time awesome. <laughs> any given yes. time when you go in there you might uh, find different i'm sure there's some standards they have but they they switch right. up a lot of their flavors so you just yep, never they know do, they do a really wonderful job and a more smaller one is tap on main now i like to describe tap on main kind of like the the cheers of somerset if you've ever watched the show cheers where so everybody knows you your name yep but yes yes sorry i couldn't resist absolutely no i can't I, I do it every time too but it is smaller it's eclectic it is the place that you would go if you wanted to just grab a beer a little after work if you wanted to or even on, on a saturday night it's a smaller, but it has an outdoor patio that's really nice. You never know who you're going to run into there. And they've got a great selection of uh, craft brews, too, as well, and some other things to do. But one of the best things about Tap on Main is right next door. It's, it's actually part of a convenience store. It's right next to it. It's attached to it and actually used to be a car wash oh, <laughs> that the owner turned into a bar. So it, that's pretty interesting too. But next door, they've got some of the best food out of the out of the convenience store that you can have delivered right to you right there at Tap on Main too. So it's just a good experience. It's small, it's quaint, it's nice. And then sometimes they do have music as well. Um, got the fire going in the back porch. You never know if you're going to see people uh, playing games or whatnot. It's just a really relaxed atmosphere at Tap on Main. Hey, that, that sounds right up my alley. Now, i got to ask, what is your favorites in the uh, food offerings at the Tap on Main convenience store? Okay, it's called a quickie. It's called a quickie. a quickie, and it is a corn dog, and it is the best corn dog you will ever have in your life. 
and it just something about the batter it's just made just right so it's called a quickie don't ask i have no idea why <laughs> I, I i've never gotten the history of that but that's all i've known ever since i've been here is that it's called a quickie and it is very popular and i would say that's my number one favorite i can't get it often because it is so good and it's so bad for you but <laughs> it is a it is a great treat See, it's one of those corn dogs. You just have to taste it to believe it. Have so. to. You, yep. <laughs> yes, indeed. So check that out. A tap on Maine. And also check out our friends at Jarfly. And there's another day or two for you. So <laughs> yep. we're just we're just mapping out a whole week for our, our Somerset visitors. Yep. So, and we ain't even done yet. Nope. So, <laughs> you know, we've covered... We've covered wine. We've covered beer. We might as well throw a little bourbon in there, don't you think? Yes, yes, Sam. That's <laughs> great. Here, so, uh, in a couple years, the, you, you know, this is worth waiting for, but in a couple years, uh, there is a, a new bourbon that is online set to come to Pulaski County, and it is known as the Soldier's Horse, correct? It's Horse Soldier. Horse oh, I had a Soldier bourbon. That's horse okay. Soldier, okay. Yes. It's called Horse Soldier Bourbon. And they have decided to make their investment in Somerset, Kentucky. They have a beautiful story, an awesome story. It is basically some retired Green Berets that worked with each other, that fought overseas, that spent their career and their lives fighting for our country, and actually were called to duty after 9-11 happened, and they were doing a training in the Cumberland River in the western part of Kentucky and once they were called you'll you'll have to see the movie 12 strong it really tells the story um, about these gentlemen and they just decided Somerset was the place to be they enjoyed how everybody here was a part of community in our downtown and found some great property and thought you know let's do full circle we started off in the cumberland river let's let's land on lake cumberland and make it something for our communities so i know you've heard of the bourbon trail oh yeah and and once they're established we can either be first on the bourbon trail or last on the bourbon trail and <laughs> we are we are just so excited and you know that their bourbon's good their bourbon's good mm. right now they're they are out of uh, st petersburg florida they don't have a real big distillery right now. This is going to be the whole kit and caboodle where you can come um, just like you do all the other places in Kentucky that we're so blessed to have and have that same experience here in Somerset. Gosh, that's exciting. Something for us yes. to put on our calendars for two years from now. And if, and if I Michelle, hope so. if I Michelle, hope so. <laughs> yeah, that's, <laughs> that's the intent. It may be more, but yes. however long it is, yes. <laughs> it's worth waiting for. Absolutely. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep our eyes open and our ears peeled for that. I think that's a pretty good stopping point for this week. Now that we've learned about the superb spirits in Somerset and Pulaski County. And you know what's funny? I was telling somebody this morning that I didn't have any alcohol content featured on the show this week. I sort of have to eat my words because <laughs> even though alcohol is not one of the headliners between Somerset and Kentucky Dam Village State Park, we did sprinkle in the beer, wine, and bourbon discussion as we were highlighting the establishments in Somerset and Pulaski County, and with good reason. We want you to make the most of your visit to the Lake Cumberland region, and we got lots more to learn next week, gang. We will hear part two of my insightful chat 
with Michelle Allen from the Somerset Convention and Visitors Bureau. So come on back for that. In the meantime, check out their website. It's lctourism.com. I will link you to that in my show notes on Facebook, Pinterest, and Instagram. They may be found at Lake Cumberland Tourism. And on Twitter, the handle is at Lake Cumberland. Easy enough? Fair and square. So, we scoot westward now and pay a visit to Scott Ratzliff. He is going to tell us why, regardless of whether we're just out for a good time or a family reunion or a wedding reception or a business meeting, there is no better place to go than the one, the only, Kentucky Dam Village State Resort Park. Presenting Sam Moore's State Park Spotlights. All right, today we've got another State Park Spotlight, and this is the first one we've had in a while. And today takes us to uh, good old Marshall County. In fact, technically, it's in Gilbertsville, and I have quite fond memories of this place. We've had several family reunions there on my dad's side of the family, and uh, those were all fun times, and the park definitely has a lot to offer, certainly worthy of our time to investigate here on Blabbing in the Bluegrass. So here to tell us all about Kentucky Dam Village State Park is the proud park manager himself. Let's welcome to the stage Scott Rasloff. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Scott, By the way, you said technically Gilbertsville. Actually, technically we're Calvert City. Okay, you're so, so it's a... <laughs> it's a Calvert City address, I guess. Well, we're a Gilbertsville address in Calvert City. We were annexed by the uh, city of uh, Calvert City here about uh, three years ago now. Oh, so I gotcha. So we, sit in, we sit in, yeah, you know, it's just a technicality, but you weren't to be technical about it, so that's what it was. There you go, exactly. Well, both, both cities can claim the park if they want to, I guess. Yeah, well, Gilbertsville isn't really a city, it's just an address. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> a dot on the map, shall we say. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, good, to, good to have you here today, Scott. Now, how long have you been the park manager? I came here in October of 2010, so I'm going to be what? That would be... Uh, that would be... Uh, yeah, a little over 10 years. Awesome. Now, um, are you originally from that area? I am totally a carpetbagger. I was given that gnome plume here not too long ago, and I, I wear it on my vest as something I'll enjoy. I am a carpetbagger. I grew up in Kansas, have lived all over the United States, and most recently, when I came here, I was uh, north of Seattle, Washington. Oh, goodness. You, <laughs> so you I don't well travel, aren't you? I don't have that southern drawl, sorry to say. Well, that's, that's quite all right. <laughs> I've probably got enough of it to make up for both of us. So, <laughs> Well, I got, I got a 10-year-old daughter that has picked it up. So she, she pulls it out every once in a while. Oh, I believe it. It, it doesn't take long, does it? <laughs> no, it doesn't. <laughs> well, uh, we are anxious to hear all about the park. Now, uh, Kentucky Dam Village State Park has been a Marshall County tradition for decades. And with good reason, you've been a part of one of those decades, I guess. So uh, if you would, Scott, tell us about the park's rich history and explain how it has become such a celebrated institution in Western Kentucky. Well, um, if uh, you're, you're familiar with the area, I mean, uh, they had the flood back in 36. Right, Henderson, my hometown was impacted by that too. Yeah, Henderson got it, Paducah got it, everybody got it. 
and they said we got to control that flood and that's when uh you know tva came out and said you know what we're going to put a dam in there and we're going to put this big our largest dam here on the tennessee river and we're going to make the water back up and it's going to become uh become kentucky lake and that's what happened and uh the property we sit on as Kentucky Dam Village is actually the property that was uh, taken by TVA to put their staff construction. Uh, oh. So uh, that's that's really where we came from. And then after the dam was uh, fill, or after the dam was closed, and actually, if you go online, you can actually see the uh, see the newsreel from when uh, Truman was here. For the dedication in 48 i think it was oh a night or two ago yeah 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 and that's when they closed the gates and then and i think about 52 or 53 and there's some confusion on that to be honest with you um the park was the park property was deeded to uh the state of kentucky and uh was developed into a state park i mean prior to the dam this whole area was kind of some of the uh poorest neighborhood of Kentucky. Um, it rivaled very much the Appalachian community in how poor it was here. And after the dam brought in electricity, and we now have uh, all these large uh, chemical plants here that run off electricity and all those kind of things that kind of helped develop the community. And uh, we're now, uh, yeah, I mean, there is more shoreline on Kentucky Lake than there is in Florida. 100, what is it, 166, 160 some thousand acres. <laughs> That's hard to imagine. It is large. Let's just say it's large. Kentucky Dam Village State Park annually attracts visitors from across the Commonwealth and far beyond, Scott. So if you would, why don't you give us an idea of the states or countries for that matter that have been represented by the park's value guests? Well, um, I've gone back and kind of looked at this. I do know um, up, you know, COVID kind of changed everything. So you got to kind of throw that out of the water here. Well, sure. Yeah. You know, so prior to COVID, um, you know, Kentucky Dam Village has always been known of as a location across the United States. Um, back in the 60s, I mean, you had all kinds of famous people that stayed here back in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. I mean, I've even heard stories of Bill Clinton used to stay here on a regular basis. Oh, how about that? Farm. Um, so yeah, so we, we've always been an, an attraction as long as we've existed. Um, I do know for a fact that, uh, up until a couple years ago, we had a group that came through here every year on a motorcycle tour and they were from France. There was a bunch oh. of people that would rent motorcycles and they travel through Kentucky and they'd stay at Kentucky Dam every year. So oh, cool. we get folks from all over, of course, Kentucky. Um, but um, a large, we get a large clientele, I mean, only 90 minutes from Nashville. So right. we get a large clientele from that direction. We're only a few hours from, from Memphis. We're only three hours. We're, we're closer to St. Louis than we are to Frankfurt. Yeah, so. I guess in that, in that particular part of the state you are. <laughs> <laughs> Actually. So. Yeah, it's one of those, it, I find out that's one of those pet peeves of the locals around here. Uh, yeah, we are actually in Kentucky. Okay, guys. Um, <laughs> yeah, so all you people in Central or Eastern Kentucky, don't forget about them. <laughs> yeah, don't forget about us. And Owensboro is not Western Kentucky. Um, <laughs> no, I tell well, and, and and I went to Western Kentucky University in Bowling Green, and Bowling Green is definitely not 
Western Kentucky. <laughs> this, this state oh, yeah. is full of crazy quirks. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It's, it, it's fun for me coming in because I, I have no connection to it. So it's kind of fun just to learn the storylines and, and to learn all the, the personalities and all that kind of fun stuff. But uh, no, I mean, we draw a large crowd, a golf crowd on a regular year, uh, unlike COVID. COVID changed things again. For sure. Uh, uh, we we grow grow large crowds through our golf, um, Wisconsin, Minnesota, uh, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, Iowa, all over the Midwest. <laughs> yeah, you would see those you would see those car tags in our parking lot regularly. Um, so that was not unusual. We we bring in a good sized crowd from all over the United States, really. But I mean, of course, I mean our largest clientele is from within about a day's drive here in Kentucky. Damn, sure. so, but, damn um, so we get quite a bit. Yeah, and from the Midwest to France and everywhere in between there, <laughs> they're drawing folks. And we'll talk more about that golf course here shortly because it is one of a kind. But it um, is. It is, yeah. there are a whopping 45 state parks, which call the bluegrass home, which is, uh, <laughs> I couldn't believe that the first time I, came across that stat. But anyway, Scott, if you would describe what makes Kentucky Dam Village the grand champion in Kentucky's state park system. Now, some people are going to argue with that, that statement, but I always, you know, I, I, I glom onto that because I think it is, it is possibly the grand champion or one of the grand champions of the entire park system. Um, not the least of which we have more facility than anybody else does. Mm -hmm. uh, the, we've got the main lodge with the uh, 72 rooms. We've got the small lodge with the 14 rooms. We've got the 60-plus cottages. We've got the largest marina on the lake. We've got a, a large campground. We've got an airport. We've got a boys and girls ranch. We've got a, oh, goodness, we've got the uh, one of two nurseries run by the forestry department. We've got, uh, we've got our, our brand-new sustainability garden. We've got uh, bike trails. So, yeah, we've got a lot going on here. Of course, the golf courses, we've already mentioned, an 18-hole, 72-par golf course. So we've got a lot going on here on any given moment. Um, when everybody else is slow in the park system, we'll have 20, you know, or you know, uh, facilities rented. Um, we are notorious, uh, you know, again, being Western Kentucky, some people kind of forget about us a little bit sometimes, but we get busy when nobody else is busy. Um, so that kind of but you know we not only are busy but you got Lake Barkley is busy Lake Cumberland you know we're kind of like the three largest of the facilities sure. uh, Kentucky Dam maybe not so much in land mass but we do I mean facility wise we've got well I my wife my wife hopefully she doesn't listen to this but we've got over <laughs> she always gives me a hard time about saying that but uh, we've got over 200 toilets on the park so we're hey, that's something to be proud of. I <laughs> <laughs> mean, you're, you're never, you're never spot, you're never far from a spot to take there care you of your go. business if you need to. <laughs> <laughs> I, won't tell, I won't tell your wife you said that. Don't worry. That's yeah, please don't, because I get in trouble whenever I say that in public. 
shoot, that's that's critical information as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, well, so. that's kind of where I was at too, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> different people have different opinions, I guess. But <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yes, that's that's something to something to hang your hat on for sure. Now it but, might be but, I mean our our cottage is one, two, and three bedroom size. We've got some We've got some great lodge rooms right on the lake. We've got that small lodge with meeting. And we've got about 20,000 square foot of meeting room space, too, on the park. So right, we, and, uh, <laughs> yeah, we can host quite a few conferences here. Yeah, or, we'll, we'll, talk, um, we'll talk more about that conference space momentarily. Now, it may be a little cold for swimming or boating, but there's still more than enough to enjoy at Kentucky Dam Village, including... The lodge. In fact, you mentioned the the two lodges, the large one and the small one. So, uh, expand a little more on those and uh, explain what makes them the perfect places to relax and rejuvenate. Well, I'll tell you what. The main lodge, which technically, going back to word technical from originally, I mean, it's the Henry Ward Lodge. Though nobody even knows that Henry Ward was kind of like the first commissioner of the park system. In reward, the things you learn on blabbing in the bluegrass. <laughs> yeah, and again, it's one of those things that only us, the carpetbaggers, actually learn because nobody else cares. <laughs> <laughs> but it's no, I mean, I mean that facetiously. But uh, you know, it's seventy-two rooms. The rooms are all hotel rooms, but the cool thing about them is every one of them views the lake. And then we have the main lodge and the restaurant down below. I mean, come on, we've got the best view of any restaurant in the neighborhood, bar none, and I'll put it up against anything. I, you know, I come from Seattle. I would put our restaurant view up against anything that I ever saw over there. Um, hey, that's saying something. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, and it's not just every, you know, only in the summer. The fall, winter, and spring all, all bring something unique to uh, that view. And uh, that's why it's always great to come here, no matter what time of year it is. In addition to the uh, scenic and spacious lodges, visitors can also make themselves at home in one of the park's 61 comfy, cozy cottages, which we briefly touched on a second ago. But if you would, uh, tell us a little more about the cottages and describe what distinguishes them from cottages at other state parks in Kentucky. These are not roughing it cottages. They really should be called condos. Right. <laughs> I mean, they are fully equipped, linen, uh, full kitchens, full bath. I mean, even our one-bedroom cottages have fully, full rest uh, bathrooms with tiled-in bathrooms. I mean, come on. I mean, it's it's almost, it seems like a, a weird that a one-bedroom cottage would have that. But no, I mean, these are really nice, comfortable cottages. They're one, two, and three bedroom in size, so you can you can house anybody from one person up to ten or fifteen people in a cottage. Um, they come in all kinds of shapes and sizes. I mean, we've got technically we've probably got about six or eight different types of cottages out here, uh, just because the floor plans are so variant. We've got the one bedroom cottages that are kind of secluded in a spot. We've got the uh, two bedroom cottages, one bath that are all. They're set up really nicely for a fisherman with his buddy to come out and fish. You have a place to park your your uh, boat. Um, you've got uh, you got the two bedroom two bath cottages with with that huge cathedral ceiling and the outdoor porch on them, and then you got the three bedroom cottages that have uh, three bedrooms with a variety of 
with a variety of bedding, a fully equipped kitchen, the whole works. I mean, everything's got a fully equipped kitchen, but, uh, and it's all easily accessible around the park. Sure. So to the marina without any problem. You can make it get to the lodge and the restaurant without any problem. You can make it to everything. I mean, again, uh, accessibility is probably one of our biggest factors here in Kentucky Dam. You can get to us very easily. Yeah, so you can navigate the property easily. And I tell you, regardless of how many people you're trying to house or what your tastes are, there is a cottage designed with you in mind. So check them out during your stay. And uh, don't, don't make it just a day trip. Stay at least a night, and you'll probably want to stay at least a week after you do. So, no doubt, even this time of year, stay overnight. I mean, come on. Exactly. We're going back to the easy accessibility. I mean, just come out and hang out for a night and just, you know, soak in the, in the nature and the ambiance. And I mean, yeah, if you have to, you can do your little bit of computer work, you know, those kind of things if you need to out of your room or out of the lodge or wherever. Yeah, but, with yeah. Wi Fi availability. Yeah, it's a good stay, staycation is the use the fancy term for it, but it's a, it's a good way to just get away for a little bit. Yeah, so escape from your norm and uh, come to Kentucky Dam, enjoy what they have to offer. Now, rain or shine, cold or warm, friendly faces can be found serving up mouth-watering meals at the hugely popular Harbor Lights restaurant. Now, I tell you, the view, as we've mentioned, is second to none, but we haven't even talked about the food yet. So fill us in on the splendid menu sensations at the restaurant, Scott. Well, we're kind of in a little weird zone here because of COVID rules and, you know, and all those kind of things. Right now, the restaurant's kind of on, an, on a shorted, shorted menu and a shorted time frame, but we still serve a great menu. Um, you know, you got to come out and have breakfast. I mean, what I didn't mention before about the lodge, you got to have, bre- you got to have breakfast and you got to see the sunrise. Sure. That's, that's what I want to do every morning that I live here is go try to find the sunrise because it is absolutely gorgeous coming across the lake. Absolutely. But the meals, I mean, Chef Kelly and his crew come up with some great meals. We're customizable even if you want it, but, uh, oh, goodness, uh, uh, bison chili. Bison now, how chili. many places can you get bison chili? <laughs> I know, that's just it. And to be honest with you, we started it just as a lark to put on, when we were still doing buffets, we just put it on the buffet as just a lark to say, yeah, we'll try it and see what, now we can't not sell it. I mean, that's one of the things that we're asked for is our bison chili, our, uh, our bison meals that we pull off here. Um, we do a great, I've got a local here that comes and gets the, the, cheese, uh, the bacon cheeseburger because we've got those, those awesome hamburgers that are just a little bit nicer than McDonald's. But <laughs> yeah, I'd say. The price differential is not that much, and it's well worth that difference. Um, some great soups, some great baked goods. I mean, we've got a couple specials going on right now. For takeout, we got a Mardi Gras special that even includes some fresh baked uh, uh, cupcakes. We've got uh, we've got coming up here for Valentine's Day. We've got some great meals that we're serving folks on even on a takeout basis. Um, look at our Facebook page; you'll see some pictures of them. I mean, it's it's second to none. See, so whether you're celebrating Mardi Gras or Valentine's Day, do it with the Harbor Lights Restaurant. Now, what's what's your favorite on the menu, Scott? Ah, uh, bison chili. Bison chili. Now, the Reuben comes and goes, but I'm still a Reuben fan from way back. The Reuben sandwich is still one of my favorites. I never quite got the taste for a hot brown, but we do it. Everybody loves our hot brown. 
Yeah, it, that's such a staple in these parts. You got to have it. it. Yep. And banana pudding. Banana pudding. Mm. We serve it cold, but it's fresh banana pudding. And it's, and I'll be honest with you, I see why everybody likes it. Yeah. <laughs> You're addicted to it now, aren't you? Yeah, I've gotten, I've gotten to really like it. So, it, you know, we do some great meals here. So our breakfasts are great. We do a breakfast platter now that you can choose from about four different varieties and since we don't do a buffet and the breakfast platter has everything and it's fresh and it's 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 fresh food that's the other thing that we're trying to we try to do more and more is uh, you know fresh product that uh not only kentucky proud product but actually fresh product stuff that's been grown neighbor neighbor wise and local if you leave there hungry it's your own fault so <laughs> yeah Correct. right now what um what are the hours of operation at the current time of the restaurant? Uh, current time of the restaurant is seven to seven, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Well, actually, Friday, Saturday. Thursday we open up at two, um, and then Friday, Saturday all day. Uh, Sunday till two o'clock. Sunday till two. Gotcha. You know, once we get going, we've been talking about our different restaurants, and we're looking at a new menu. We were just meeting on that last week, so we're looking at some new changes even. Awesome. So <laughs> keep tabs on Scott and his crew and you might see some new additions to the already impressive menu. At, yeah, uh, check us out on Facebook. Exactly. Our yep. <laughs> always yep. has the latest and greatest there. Social media is where it's at and we'll, <laughs> we'll talk more about that shortly. But um, as warmer weather draws near, the park's scenic golf course is undoubtedly calling many of our listeners names and I tell you it's just so impressive that we can't hardly steer clear of that subject so uh expand a little more if you would Scott about this killer course and explain why it is the quote granddaddy of the Kentucky State Parks golf trail unquote according to your website well and that's that's uh, always unique now realize that uh that we are one of the few bent grass golf courses left in this area, but we are 72 par 18 hole. We were designed by Perry Maxwell. And if, you, if you're a golfer, you know who Perry Maxwell is. If you're not, well, I'm sorry. But <laughs> <laughs> Perry, Mr. Maxwell designed a course in Tulsa that has been notorious for, you know, the open and those kind of things. And we're almost all in some, some of our holes are almost a direct copy of that course. Um, no, we, we keep a fine crew going on to keep that up and going um, between our golf pro, Suzanne, and, and our golf maintenance crew run by Aaron. I mean, we've, we've got a great course. But uh, the course originally, and I learned this, again, one of those things being carpetbagger, you start asking questions. Sure. Stories. The golf course was actually started by the TVA of people that were living here on the park because they were bored on the weekends. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> was a golfer and started and started designing a golf course. Now, granted, Mr. Maxwell came in here in the uh, I think in the seventies or late early eighties and actually put his name on it and did some redesigning. And then they did a remodel back in the mid nineties. But uh, no, uh, Kentucky Dam draws people like I was saying earlier from all over the nation to play it. Right. It's it. Even if you now, okay, if you're if you really want to walk it, it may be a little bit difficult to walk the entire course. Uh -huh. <laughs> a little bit of a challenge. The course is a challenge, 
Um, if you're if you're an expert, it's a challenge, and even if you're you only play once a year when you come to Kentucky Dam, it's a challenge. Um, so it's 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 very flexible. Mr. Maxwell evidently was really good about that in the fact that he could see what a what an event you know a scratch golfer would do versus a uh, versus a, a novice, and uh, right. it, it keeps busy. Um, I think we're, well, it's a little chilly and windy out there today. We may not get any players, but. We had players all weekend. You know, the fact that uh, Perry Maxwell lent a hand in the uh, crafting of the course, that's worth a trip down there in and of itself. So Yeah, and, and the storyline that I heard now, there's no – I haven't seen all the documentation. Somebody was working on this not too long ago. Mr. Maxwell designed our course for a dollar. One dollar. For one dollar. Just as a donation, he grew up in Princeton just down the street here. And uh, at least that's the storyline I heard. Now, granted, again, me not being a native, I don't know if it's true or not, but I, I kind of took it as, as fact. Well, Scott, if you're wrong, I'm going to hold it against it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, go right ahead. You know what else? <laughs> no, no, only messing with you. That's uh, man, I got you. <laughs> not a problem. <laughs> yeah, one dollar. That's a. That's a bargain to design a golf course. So, <laughs> well, that's kind of what I was told, but the, I, you know, I don't know the documentation behind that, but right, so to confirm that out there, I'm sure. Nobody should be deprived of fun-filled family outings on the lake this spring and summer just because they may not have a boat, and it's never too early to start thinking about those boating day. So if you would, uh, why don't you tell us about the rental and storage options available through the Kentucky Dam Marina? Well, the Kentucky Dam Marina runs as a concessionaire here in the park. So they're kind of separate, but the same. It's one of the reasons why you come to the park is go out on the lake, of course. Right. Um, uh, Kentucky, uh, the marina has got roughly 400 slips, give or take. Um, if it floats, they basically rent it. Um, you know, everything from paddle boards up to, uh, I think they still got a couple of houseboats. One of the few places on Kentucky Lake you can actually rent a houseboat. They've got a large, they've got a large uh, fleet of pontoons of all different sizes. And, and actually, uh, I was told the other day they were investing in a, whole, in, uh, a lot of new boats for their, for their pontoons. Now, if you're, if you're one of those that do the circle, in, in the great circle or the circle, if you know what that is, that's the uh, grand circle where you go from, uh, you go through the St. Lawrence Seaway and come down the rivers and go through Kentucky Lake and then go down to Mississippi and back around, back up to New York State. I was part of that. Through there. Yeah, we got, we, we're, we're stopping, we're kind of a stop on the side. Um, it normally goes through Lake Barkley just because of the traffic, the, uh, the barge traffic that comes through here, but you can also come through Kentucky Dam, and, and yeah, you can rent a slip overnight. I'm not sure exactly what their going rate is. You want to go to KentuckyDamMarina.com for their latest rates and sure uh, what they have, but you can rent something there and uh, have a good old time. It's right there on the property, so you can't miss it. Uh, do you know the marina hours right offhand? Uh, it varies based on season. Right. But kind of reduced hours, of course, because the weather is not real conducive, but uh They'll go from sunup to sundown on a regular basis come season, come season. And, you know, if you got your own boat, we've got probably the largest ramp on the lake here at the marina that we operate. We've got a large parking area. So you can bring your own boat down, too. So it, it's just as conducive. 
and easily accessible out onto the lake here. Kentucky Dam Village State Park is also designed with hikers in mind, providing easy access to a number of challenging yet charming trails. So why don't you, Scott, give us a summary of the many unique hiking opportunities in the park's surroundings? Well, okay. Um, where do I start? <laughs> park itself. Goodness, where, I mean, it, it, you, you got me there where we've got so much stuff, it's not even funny almost. Um, on the park itself, we got an eight and a half mile multi-use trail that is really good if you're a, mount, a novice mountain biker, if you want to test your bike, those kind of things. We've got that here on the park itself. And then if you go over here to land between the lakes, which is just right across the lake from us, they've got, what, 120 miles ago of bike trails and trails and all that kind of stuff for 200 miles. I mean, it's, it's just phenomenal the amount of biking you can do in this area. Uh, really into hiking and biking. You can do it all over the place, and it's just absolutely awesome. Um, uh, and if you're, if you're advanced in biking, you can find a good spot to test your bike. Um, Marshall County is known as, as one of the locations that, uh, that has a uh, Olympic class mountain biker. He's actually in the high school here. Uh, we are, we're becoming the home for the new, what is it, the Kentucky Inter Interscholastic Cycle League. That's um, a mouthful, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the KICL, basically it's high school, high school mountain biking. Uh, we host one of the first tournaments here this October. Um, so yeah, it's, I mean, just absolutely awesome. If you're a horse, if you're a horse nut, I mean, of course, can, uh, Land Between the Lakes has got some great horse trails um, that, that are very uh, well and available for you to operate on. If you're a hiker, if you're, you know what, the other thing that they're working on, and you'll see more and more of this over the next couple of years, is the kayak trail. The kayak trail? Yes, the kayak trail. Um, there's a consor uh, consortium, for lack of a different term, an association of a number of different of us here in the area that are put, as well as others, all the way down the lake and into Tom Bigby and et cetera, to develop a, a kayak trail um, that'll take you from uh, eventually, I think the eventual plan is take you from, uh, from the mouth of the Mississippi all the way up to uh, the Great Lakes. Oh, goodness. <laughs> no yeah, slouch uh, there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, we had a couple that came through here a couple years ago that were doing the, uh, the, doing the Great Circle or the Grand Circle on kayaks. <laughs> How about them apples? So, <laughs> yeah, yeah they were pretty, uh, that was pretty hardcore, I thought. But, uh, yeah, no, so there's, there's hiking and biking and all kinds of stuff around here. So if you're one of those nature, nature nuts that want to get out and about, you know, we'll send you in the right direction. There's no doubt about that. Plenty of options within and outside the park, whether you want to ride your bike or ride your horse and <laughs> keep your and eyes and ears, <laughs> keep your eyes and ears open for kayak hiking. <laughs> there you go. Kayak trail coming up. Yep. Coming up. Yes, indeed. Now, uh, one noteworthy feature, which sets Kentucky Dam Village apart from lots of other state parks probably across the nation is an on-site airport so yes sir <laughs> explain how safe and easy aircraft navigation to and from the property is made possible thanks to the kentucky dam state park airport well 
Kentucky Dam Airport. Yeah, it is uh, actually operated by Calvert City. Um, they've taken over operation over it over the last uh, couple of years, but it is 4,000 foot. Mike 34, if you're a pilot, you'll find it on any kind of, if you go to airnav.com, you'll find it there. Uh, um, we have some great access. Uh, it's just, an, it's a good place. I mean, it, fuel to open here probably the month of February. Uh, that's returning to the park as well as we're expanding the, uh, the tea hangers. Um, they're right now in the midst of uh, literally right now today, working on the foundations for new tea hangers down there. We're, we're arguably the second busiest general aviation airport in the state of Kentucky, right behind Cal. We're not a commercial hub. No, no, definitely not. And we never will be, but we're a great general aviation airport. And yeah. A lot of new stuff coming to it. I mean, we just went through a resurfacing and a remarking and, uh, you know, there's all kinds of things happening at the airport now. It's kind of exciting to watch. Oh, I can imagine. Plenty of action <laughs> at the airport. It <laughs> puts on a show, even if you're not flying, if you just want to <laughs> stand by and watch, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You go down there, even now, you're going to see people coming and going in that airport every day. Oh, uh, I can imagine. That's how busy we are. Um, and they're they're coming in, whether they're going to stay at Kentucky Dam or they're going to come in and work, you know, uh, come in for one of the local manufacturing plants or even, you know, uh, even if you wanted to come down to Patty's restaurant, Patty's runs a shuttle down there. So, yeah, I mean, we get a lot of traffic through there for all kinds of things. See, so fly to the airport and take Very the close. shuttle to Patty's. <laughs> yep, That's stay at the dam. And stay at the dam. <laughs> there you go. Kill three birds with one stone. Um, you betcha. You, uh, you don't have any idea how many planes travel in and out of there on a daily basis, so, do you? On a daily basis, no. On an annual basis, they figure somewhere in the neighborhood of 25,000. Oh, so about 25,000 a year. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's quite busy. So the uh, airport serves its location, purpose. Uh, it's not unusual and the way some of those numbers are made is because we're in and we're in close proximity to Clarksville. So we get the 101st Airborne comes up here and plays around on our airport a lot. Um, so we get helicopters through and they're playing around and um, all those kind of guys. And we get a lot of military traffic through it. See, so that's a, that's a sight to see as well when the Fort Campbell crew comes in. Oh, so. yeah. Oh, yeah. They, yeah, they come in for their hand. They go come in for breakfast. They come in for lunch. They come in to use the bathroom. You know, all those kind of things. Yeah, they use one of your 200 toilets. <laughs> Shh. Don't talk about it. Remember? <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yeah, just don't play this for your wife. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh, mercy. But <laughs> I think it's pretty important. So, but anyway, as we, uh, we'll see, we, we touched on this for maybe a second or two, but from uh, business meetings to uh, family reunions to wedding receptions, you are certainly well equipped, Scott, to uh, make special events a slam dunk so uh oh yeah i mean we got a we got an entire department devoted to it uh i mean we've got like i said twenty thousand square foot of interior and exterior meeting space um you 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 want it we probably can provide for the meeting space we've got state-of-the-art av in all our large meeting rooms uh we've got the convention center that can be subdivided but it can you know if you got 600 people that want to do a sit-down meal uh, you can do that at our convention center. Um, 
Family reunions, yeah, the mini lodge is great for um, We get family reunions all the time. Now, granted, and again, I have to back up and say COVID's kind of changed things a little bit, as you right. well imagine. People are not traveling as much, but we're anticipating a great year here because of uh, people want to get out. People want to see the world. Um, yeah. People are tired of being on the four, room, four walls and sitting on their Zoom meeting all the time. But, uh, you know, it's, it's a great place to have a meeting, to have even a hybrid meeting, what is becoming the new thing, the hybrid meeting where some of your folks are on, are on Zoom or Wi-Fi of some type while others are in the room. I've had some of those already here. Um, so we're, we're set up for that too. So your speaker is in Washington, D.C. and has to talk to a group of people. We can set that up here. Um, so, you know, there's all those kind of things. You can do it. And, uh, yeah, very economical. Just give us a call. Wedding receptions probably will start picking up once we all get vaccinated. And <laughs> Oh, yeah, we're getting calls about wedding receptions now regularly. I mean, we're still limited on our number of people that can, can meet with us right now. But I, I expect as more vaccines are handled and we get that, that infamous herd immunity, immunity and whatever else they want to call it, um, exactly. I think people get out and about more and you'll see more traffic again. I mean, you come here um, – this year, Calvert City is hosting its 150th anniversary. How about that? 150 years of Calvert City. 150 years of Calvert City. And last year, they experimented with it on, well, it was supposed to be 4th of July, and they moved it to Labor Day of fireworks. Uh, you'll see fireworks going off a barge out in the middle of the lake on 4th of July. And we're, we're doing all kinds of events with Calvert City on, on the 4th of July weekend. So it'll be a real fun and unique experience this year. See, as if we didn't have enough good racing to come to Kentucky Dam Village. That's another one right there. Exactly. <laughs> On the 4th of July, you can celebrate 150 years of Calvert City. Well, mm -hmm. uh, Scott, you've been great. We've sure enjoyed talking to you. Now, before we wrap things up here, in 30 seconds or less, I'm going to have to have you give us your best sales pitch for Kentucky Dam Village State Park as a scenic and soothing escape from reality if you need easy access you need that weekend getaway or you need that longer stay you need that meeting space we've got the facility for you right here on kentucky lake awesome views awesome wildlife but yet right close and accessible so come join us we'll that is <laughs> well done well said let's see you can find them i'll direct you to their uh, website on the show notes you can also find them at uh, KY Dam Village State Resort Park on Facebook. Um, Twitter is uh, real easy to remember. It's at Kentucky Dam. <laughs> mm -hmm. And then uh, Instagram is at, at KY Dam Village Resort Park. Yep. Did I get that right? Know, okay. We, yeah, it gets kind of complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was hoping I got all the intricacies right there, but... Uh, I know, I know. It's, it's one of those things that, you know, Kentucky Dam Village State Resort Park. I mean, can you have a longer name? But hey, you know... <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we got to make sure that people know that resort is part of it, though. So we... <laughs> I, I'm exactly. Even, I'm guilty of leaving exactly. the resort part out, too, but, but we can't we can't neglect it so anyway uh, if you're local if you're local from the community or you're local from western kentucky you just say you're going to the dam yeah I'm, i believe it yeah they just say they're going to the dam and get that yep. bacon cheeseburger like that one local yep. <laughs> you there you go bacon cheeseburger the hot brown and an overnight stay 
Absolutely. That's going out on the lake. That that just sums it all up. That's all you need. Well, Scott, uh, thanks so much for joining us today. And we look forward to talking with you again sometime, my friend. Well, I appreciate your time. And uh, yeah, come on out. Enjoy us. Boy, Scott, I'm ready to come on down there and enjoy you right now. And I tell you, if we have nearly as much fun during our stay as I just had talking with you, sir, then that is a wonderful, wonderful sign of things to come. And I will link you folks to the website in my show notes. You can click on there and find out anything and everything you ever wanted to know about Kentucky Dam Village. And if it's not there by chance, you can reach out to him via the website or any of the social media outlets that we discussed previously. And they'd be glad to hear from you. And they'll hook you up with any kind of accommodations you may possibly need or want at Kentucky Dam Village State Resort Park in good old Marshall County. And wasn't it marvelous, or marvelous, as one of my favorite comedians, Louis Gazzard, used to say, wasn't it marvelous having Scott Ratzliff, the park manager, on our show today? He was great, and we sure appreciate his time. It was also truly a joy talking with Miss Michelle Allen, the executive director of the Somerset Convention and Visitors Bureau. And guess what? We'll be hearing from her again next week. Yep. Part two of my discussion with her is headed your way on the next podcast, and we'll learn even more about Somerset. As if we didn't have enough incentive to get down there already. So, come on back and join me for that. In the meantime, before we put the capper on this week's show, we have one more important order of business to take care of. Well, actually two. But first, it's the highly anticipated answer to this week's Bluegrass Brain Buster And in honor of the Super Bowl this weekend, it is a football-themed question. And it reads, The state of Kentucky has six members in the NFL Hall of Fame. And your job was to name them. Now, I do stand corrected. In the first segment of the show, I said these were native Kentuckians, which they're not all. I looked this up on the uh, Kentucky Pro Football Hall of Fame website, and all of these individuals had connections to Kentucky in some form or fashion. Maybe they played their college ball here, lived here for a while. Maybe they were born here too, but not all of them were. So they just had to have, in some form or fashion, connections to the Commonwealth. And like I said, there are six of them on my list, and they are as follows. The first name I have is the legendary George McAfee. He was a Corbin native, and he entered the NFL Hall of Fame in 1966. He actually played his college ball at Duke, which most of us don't think of Duke as being a football school, but they have been to a few ball games, so we won't hold that against our man George McAfee. The next name on my list is Johnny Unitas, and Johnny was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 1979. He was born in Pittsburgh, but he played his college ball at UofL. And he was a standout football stud at Louisville as well back in the 50s. So, kudos to our man, Johnny Unitas. And he is in good company with folks like George Blanda. George is a proud alumnus of the UK College of Education and a former Kentucky Wildcat football player. He's also from Pennsylvania, just like Unitas was. He was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 1981. So, a big tip of the cap to Mr. George Blanda. 
He is joined by a name that I know a lot of you will recognize, Paul Horning. Paul was born and raised in Louisville. He actually played his college football at Notre Dame, but boy was he a stud for the Fighting Irish. And he won the 1956 Heisman Trophy at Notre Dame as well. So, something to be said for that. And he was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in the year 1986. And he won the Heisman in 56. So 30 years later, <laughs> he is uh, a Hall of Famer. So, 56 and 86 were big years for our man Paul Horning. Next up is Dermonte Dawson, the former Kentucky Wildcat from the 80s. He was inducted into the NFL Hall of Fame in 2012. And he's actually a Lexington native as well. So, congrats to Mr. Dramati Dawson, and my last name is Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey is the most recent inductee into the NFL Hall of Fame. He uh, was inducted in 2019, just, well, I guess about a year and a half ago. He was born in Fort Campbell. He actually played his football against the University of Kentucky at the University of Georgia. So we'll try not to hold that against him because quite the talent he was indeed. Champ Bailey and all of his five cohorts with connections to Kentucky, and they all had the distinction of being NFL Football Hall of Famers. So there's your Bluegrass Brain Buster for the week. And before I hit the door, I do owe a big congratulations out to one of our former guests. I love to see my former guests on Blabbit in the Bluegrass thrive and succeed and do well. And if you'll remember, we had... Aspiring country artist Annabelle Whitledge from right here in Henderson on my show back in November. And we talked with her and she sang one of her original songs for us. Anyway, if you'll remember, that show was aired right after she was nominated for the Hollywood Music and Media Award, which was just given last week. And lo and behold, our good friend Annabelle Whitledge was the proud recipient of this Hollywood Music and Media Award. So congratulations, Annabelle. You're one of ours, and we certainly are proud of you. We wish you nothing but continued success in your road to fame and stardom in the country music world. Way to go, Annabelle Whitledge. We'll be back next week with Michelle and another great guest, maybe another future award winner. Who knows? But you got to find out by coming back and seeing me next week. And between now and then, email me your questions, comments, nominations for special guests, different topics. It's bluegrassblabbing at gmail.com, B-L-U-E-G-R-A-S-S-B-L-A-B-B-I-N at gmail.com. Also, hit me up on that Blabbing in the Bluegrass Facebook page. If you just search Blabbing in the Bluegrass on Facebook, it'll take you right to me. You can listen to previous episodes. Also, uh, stay up to date with additional information as updates are presented. And you can, of course, make comments, leave messages, and connect with me that way as well. Like I always say, I don't care how I hear from you. I'm just always glad to hear from you. So, you be here, be square next week. And between now and then, keep laughing, keep smiling, and keep blabbing in the bluegrass. Because we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. There's nothing here to hide, cause we're saying it with pride. Just a blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. With knowledge of the state, you're sure to appreciate. Yes, we're blabbing, blabbing in the bluegrass. 
where musicians furnish talent and great whiskey cools your palate. Just a blabbing in the bluegrass. With a fit for every taste, precious time is not to waste.